0: Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Unfiltered Woman podcast. I'm your host, Jen Braun, a mom to the spunkiest little girl, a dog lover, ice cream obsessed, and overall... I'm pretty awkward in social situations. (laughs) And we are here to break down the topics that we deal with as women with no topic off limits. This podcast is for you if you're struggling with dieting, tired of restricting, want to truly change your life and feel confident in yourself once and for all. I am so excited to have you. Let's get to today's episode. Yay! Laura, welcome, welcome everyone. I'm so excited to introduce Dr. Laura Maynard. She is a long time, I consider her a friend at this point, (laughs) client. Um, therapist, and so I'm just so excited to have her on today. We are going to break down, especially, you know, right before the new year, and we're going to be bombarded by all these diets and all these messages around our bodies and food and just trying to change ourselves into things that um, are kind of expected of us, and so today we are breaking that down and, you know, getting her insight as a therapist um, to ways to, Look out for those things, ways to work on those things, and a different mindset and perspective on how to think about how we want to live our lives. So Dr. Laura, welcome, welcome. We are so excited to have you.
1: Thank you for having me, Jen. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Of course, of course. how how are you doing with your clients these days around because um, I know I'm you know a lot of women are coming to me with fear around what's to come mm-hmm. both with the holidays and with the new Year's. Um, are you facing that with your clients as well? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: Um, So just for context for the people listening, so I am a clinical psychologist in the Boston area. Um, I'm not, I just want to clarify as well for these potential listeners that I'm not an eating disorder specialist per se, um, but I really do focus on helping people to have a holistic kind of approach to their mental health, their physical health. Um, We do talk a lot about the mind-body connection. And Primarily, my areas of specialty are anxiety, depression, relationship issues, and trauma. So oftentimes, with the population that I work with, things like body image, right, or um, relationship with our bodies or with food, right, um, is going to come up inherently, especially around the holidays. So these are things that are starting to come up, um, particularly with the recent Thanksgiving holiday. Um, But I wouldn't say it's necessarily disproportionate from what I hear throughout the year, honestly unfortunately. Um, Yeah, yeah. How would you,
0: because I I think that there's not often a thought process Mm -hmm. or a conscious thought that, you know, if I want to lose weight or I want to, you know, I don't feel comfortable in my body, that there is other things going into it. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times people come to me like, Oh, I I just, I don't have enough willpower or I don't don't have enough motivation or, you know, next, this next diet will be the thing that, that, um, Mm -hmm. that works and that I'm actually successful at. And oftentimes all the time, we know diets are 90%, um, you know, people either gain the weight back or gain it back. You know, and some. Um, we know that there's deeper things like that, that are going into this, um, both from a, a expectation and societal pressures, and right. um, the the trauma and things that you know are we're trying to cover up by being able to control something in our lives. Can you speak mm-hmm. to any of that? Uh, I know I just you know offloaded yeah. a, a ton on you, but any of that that you have insight
1: on? Yeah, there's just so much to unpack when we think about diet culture and how it impacts everyone of all gender identities, but specifically women, I think. Um, I feel like they tend to be kind of like the target audience for diet culture. Um, I think a lot about kind of like what are the messages that are coming up and how does that affect um, really or exacerbate kind of like the negative self-talk that a lot of people are holding anyways. So one of the things I would just think about is that one of the reasons why I think diets fail, right, is because people often Get into this pattern of restricting, right? Not allowing their bodies to eat as, or, you know, reducing calories, right? Or um, cutting out entire food groups, right? Which is just not sustainable, right? It's not sustainable. It's not healthy, right? And there's reasons why people really believe in this. Like we have been taught as a society that there's a certain type of body shape or size, right? That is more valuable or desirable, right? And people, um, you know, we internalize these messages because they're everywhere. How could you not? Right. And so I think it's really, really common that people set these goals or these intentions to say, I'm going to really like buckle down this time. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to like make these huge behavioral changes in terms of exercising, you know, five times a week, I'm going to do just do this, I'm going to do orange theory, you know, I'm going to just do weight training, I'm going to just run, right? And I'm going to restrict um, and cut out certain foods that are quote unquote bad, right? And these types of like drastic changes are just inherently in not sustainable, truly, right? So what happens is people are put, making these radical changes, right, that are not sustainable. And what happens is people will then beat themselves up and feel guilty and will feel shame, right, and be reinforced in terms of like, see, I'm doing something wrong, I'm not good enough, right? And then that's going to kind of contribute to what's the point of trying, right? So rather than setting these realistic kind of behavioral goals that are much more manageable and achievable, right that maybe will help them to move towards their personal goals and values right of like being able to do more things by starting these diets or these major lifestyle changes by taking on more than they can chew right it's only going to kind of keep them stuck and kind of bring them right back to feeling like i'm not enough i'm doing something wrong and that critical self talk that shame right can really be detrimental to people's overall
0: psychological
1: well-being and of course motivation like why bother trying if it's like i know i'm going to i'm setting myself up to fail
0: absolutely so so powerful and and you know so many of my clients have come you know come to me um, after having done that and, and mm-hmm. you know feeling like they're the problem and i try and you know talk to them all the time obviously you know not in the on the therapy side of things but just mm-hmm. none of these diets are customized around their ni- their needs like oh, none of them man. And, and it's not
1: about benefiting them,
0: right? It's
1: it's a money-making industry, which is such a cynical way to think about this. But mm-hmm. once you learn about the numbers and the statistics and the capitalistic nature behind all of this, like, oof, it, it's, it's hard to, like, take it seriously and really think about, like, is this really about me? Or, like, what is Weight Watchers about, right? What is keto about? What is the benefit of me spending all this money on botox or cool sculpting right who who's benefiting from that it's not about us we're not
0: benefiting from that truly exactly and i think the tangible, you know, the the lose five pounds, the lose 10 pounds, like that tangible thing that says, yes, I did something right or yes, I I accomplished it um, is like that initial, you know, or, you know, certain, fitting in a certain clothing size or what have you is the initial like that's how it's benefiting, you know, me, quote unquote. But what you and I have talked about in the past is all these things that have before and after transformations, they don't show people six months, a year, five years later, they don't show any right. of that. It's all right. about the here and now, right. not about the long-term. And so, again, you, exactly what you just said, like, is it actually benefiting us? Um, and so, one thing that's been coming up a lot with a lot of my clients, and I'd love your insight on it, is, like I said, the tangible, um, you know, I, I just, I want to lose whatever, five pounds, or I want to mm-hmm. lose 10 pounds. And so, I've been trying to obviously give them non-scale, um, mm-hmm. you know, focuses for accomplishments, but... It's hard. And I understandably, it's hard yeah. to not have those tangible things. So how do you when you're talking to, to your uh, patients about, you know, these more attainable habit changes and mindset mm-hmm. shifts, you know, to, to help them with sustainability? Do you have any suggestions when they are so fixated on the weight or on, on you know, tangible outcomes um, in order to help them understand or, or adjust that mindset to be more realistic?
1: Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of different ways to approach this because it is so common, right? There's this mindset of uh, if only I lose five pounds, if only I lose 10 pounds, if only I can jump down two sizes, then I'll be happy. Right. And so there's a lot of different ways to approach this because on the one hand, it's like, well, is that really true? right? Whose voice is that? Where did you learn that, that to be smaller, right? To be a different size, um, to lose the pounds on the scale, right? Is inherently going to equate to more happiness. Is that even objectively true? Is that belief system working for you? Right. Uh, and some, for some people, like they are making these changes because they feel like, well, if I lose that weight, then maybe I'll be able to kind of like feel more confident, right? I'll be able to do more things. I'll, I'll be truly healthy because I'm doing this in terms of a medical recommendation right um and in some cases like it might be reasonable in terms of saying i really do want to set these goals right and it is working for me to kind of like make some real life sustainable changes right and it's not about me imposing kind of my ideas truly onto clients it's really about meeting them where they're at and so the first question is really about like what is the function behind the behavior of wanting to lose weight right what is the function what is the reason right and I think one of the things that you often find when you start those conversations is that self-esteem is often tied to weight, right? And that's something that I like to break down for people to remind them of like your body is just your body, right? Your body allows you to do amazing things like enjoy, you know, the holidays, enjoy being with your family, enjoy being with your kids, right? Being able to travel, being able to try new things, right? And inherently, in most cases, you losing 10 pounds doesn't change, the fact that your body is able to do that or not, right? So oftentimes I'll say when someone's coming to me and saying, I really want to lose weight or I really want to change the shape of my body. What is the reason behind that first? That's my first step. And so let's say we process that and it really is a matter of like, okay, I'm going to try to separate like myself, talk myself worth from the actual numbers on the scale or the size of my genes, let's say, right? I feel like genes are such a mm-hmm. such a specific goal that people set, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, if I'm only, you know, a 12 instead of a 16, right? Then I'll be happy, right? So once we kind of break down like what are these arbitrary kind of like measurements or these rules or these goals that they're setting for them, if we really talk about kind of like this is going to make me feel more empowered, I will have a sense of accomplishment and mastery. um, It truly is for health-related reasons, right? If they're doing this quote-unquote for the right reasons, right? Um, Where we can still kind of separate the fact of like you still have worth and value regardless of whether you lose this weight or not but If we really truly are saying like, okay, like let's start to maybe exercise or eat a more balanced diet for my mental health, right? For my confidence, for me Mm -hmm. feeling like I'm taking back more control over my life, then okay, I'm on board, let's go, right? And so the first thing that I would do with someone who's really looking to make a lifestyle change is really talk about SMART goals, right? Because this idea of going from zero to 100% is why yo-yo dieting exists and it's unsustainable, Mm -hmm. So SMART goals for people who aren't familiar, I know you and I have talked about this personally, um, is an acronym. So basically what that is, is it's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound goals. I know I said that really fast, but essentially if we talk about, okay, I'm wanting to start to make some uh, changes in my life, um, whether that's about, um, you know, making sure I'm eating more vegetables, making sure I'm eating less um, takeout, right? Um, And again, it's not just about body or value, right? It could be about just generally how they feel, right? That might just generally be, a decision or a change that they want to make that's more aligned with their goals and values, and listening to their body to say, "Oh, I don't actually feel good when I eat McDonald's three times a week." Right. So, okay, if this is about how you feel and wanting to kind of feel more energetic, to feel more kind of like able to do amazing things. Right. Then, great, we're on board. So, how are we going to start kind of setting goals to practically change what you're eating or how you're eating or what type of movement you're getting right or the mindset around movement right is it about punishing your body and like oh i have to do this otherwise you know my self esteem is going to be really low or is this about like i feel better i feel good i have more energy i feel strong right then yes let's really like set that intention behind these changes right so setting realistic goals i think it's really really important right so one of the things to think about is that thinking about like, where are you starting? What is your baseline is what we call that in terms of these behaviors. And where are you wanting to go? So let's say I eat, you know, fast food three to five times a week, right? I don't expect someone to make a sustainable lasting change to be like, I'm going from three to five times a week getting takeout McDonald's, right? To zero times a week, I just think that that is setting them up to fail. So maybe we're talking about also something called the harm reduction model, right? Or kind of the opposite of that would be kind of the growth mindset, right? We're not looking to make a huge radical change all at once, we're saying, all right, if I'm basically engaging this behavior that is causing me harm or is keeping me stuck or keeping me away from my goals, right? How can I start to make small amounts of change and celebrate that, right? So maybe I don't go from five or three times a week of getting takeout to zero, right? Maybe I reduce it to, okay, twice a week I get that. Right. Or maybe I'm changing what I am eating in terms of takeout. Right. Maybe I'm getting sushi, right? And not the fried chicken at Chick-fil-A. Right. Maybe I'm looking for like a chicken Caesar wrap, right? Which is a little bit more balanced. Right. Again, of course, when we get takeout, you just don't really know what you're getting in terms of the nutritional intake. But still, that might be a healthier option rather than kind of making sure, you know, if you were your baseline was getting dominoes right? With the chicken and the meat and the pepperoni and the brownies, right? Maybe you feel good initially when you're engaging in that behavior, when you're having those, those treats, but then afterwards, if you feel terrible, yeah, then maybe there's a way that we can start to make some changes around that, but be realistic with yourself, right? And then I also think something to think about is if you do kind of quote unquote trip up, right? If you do, um, Revert back to your old ways of behaving, right? If you don't get to the gym as many times as you're setting for the week or for the month, right? Recognizing that that negative self-talk, that beating yourself up is only hurting you. It's not going to help you move towards your goals or towards these changes. It's just going to keep you stuck and make you feel worse about yourself, Right. And then you're basically having to start all over again in terms of the motivational mindset. Right. When we set these goals, we want to be thinking about how are we going to do this? And in the meantime, if there are barriers, if there are real obstacles, right, you can get sick, um, you're not able to go to the grocery store for the week. Right. You have to get takeout because maybe you don't have access to your car, your cars in the shop. I don't know. Right. Being gentle with yourself, being compassionate with yourself and saying like, I don't expect a hundred percent change all at once, right? There's going to be times where I make these changes and times that I just can't. And that's okay. That's
0: okay. Absolutely. So, so powerful. One of the things that you said that really stood out that I talked to my clients about a lot is like intention. And so like none of those foods that you said are bad. It's just like, we know that, you know, if you dominoes, for example, like if you have um, one of those weeks where you're super strict all week and then you quote unquote mess up, and then mm. like, well, I don't care anymore. And then you get whatever dominoes and then you eat the whole thing. Cause you're like, well, I'm going to get back at it tomorrow. That's the cycle yes. that, you know, it, you're sabotaging when you could just mm-hmm. get the dominoes that you want or, or adjust, you know, like we talked about just adjust what you're getting so that you can mm-hmm. feel better. So you can, you know, actually being able to listen to your body versus trying to do this all or nothing restrictive, um, yeah. focus. And then the mm-hmm. second thing that you said, um, as far as the smart goals I you know I use it with my clients you and I have talked about it they're fantastic but they're not as simple as a diet a diet they make it as simple as possible just you can have whatever you want but no carbs keto you can um, have any foods you want just follow these points with this app Weight Watchers like Mm -hmm. it's so simple But it always cuts something out of your life. And that's what I think that um, is important to recognize. Like, do you want to continue living your life, having something cut out, having some sort of restriction when we already have enough tough things in our lives right now in the world, um, and then having one more thing that you have to make sure that you never do for the rest of your life, not realistic.
1: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I I appreciate you using the word intention because that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Like, what is the intention behind this? And you're a hundred percent right that I also want to clarify that when I'm talking about specific types of foods, which are inherent, like they taste good, and there's no judgment around yeah. those foods i'm just thinking about how might someone feel when they eat that right mm-hmm. and i think that what you're talking about and what you're referencing you mentioned all or nothing and all or nothing thinking is i think entirely part of the problem right and all or nothing thinking might also be called black or white thinking right versus we live in a world that is very 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 gray right and so there's something to be said about okay if i'm going from nothing to all or all to nothing oof that's that's a big change and again what is the likelihood of you continuing to Sustain that when you're depriving yourself, when you're not listening to your body cues, right? You might be used to certain things and you might be habituated to eating certain things. So making a drastic change from all from black to white, all to nothing. Again, there's an alternative. You can look to live in the gray. And I often talk with clients about how might we live in the gray in terms of the way that we think about our bodies. How do we think about kind of ourselves in terms of our self-talk? But also, how do we think about food as like it's neither really good or bad. But if it doesn't make you feel well right? Is there a way to kind of make sense of, you know, portions, right? Or kind of like allowing like yourself to kind of quote unquote, quote, treat yourself, right? Without completely cutting it out. Because no food is inherently good or bad. But if you overdo it, right? If you say, this is inherently bad, and I'm never going to eat this, right? Well, what if I eat this? Because I'm, I'm really stressed out. I know that I like this. This is easy. This is functional to some in some way, right? But I don't have to eat the whole pizza. I can have a a slice. I can have two slices and I can listen to my body so that if I'm full, I'm not overeating, right? Or I don't feel bloated or I don't feel, oh, just like greasy or oily, like I need to take a shower after, right? Um, I don't know if you've experienced that feeling, but I feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes it's just like, I'm not even listening to my body. I'm not even Mm -hmm. listening to my hunger cues. I'm eating because it tastes good and it's releasing dopamine in my brain and it's making me happy in this moment Mm -hmm. but afterwards how do you physically feel right that's what we
0: we want people to really start listening to when they start to think about these changes absolutely absolutely and I I think with the client the women that I've spoken to and I'm I'm sure you've experienced it well with with your patients with that restrictive all or or nothing Mm -hmm. you know mindset the like quote unquote falling off and then being like, well, I don't care is almost like a relaxation for their brain. Like, I don't have to think about how I'm not supposed to eat this or I'm not supposed to like, I'm only supposed to have a certain amount. Like I can just like Go crazy and not have to think. Mm -hmm. Of course, then there's the component of not feeling good after. Um, But that's what what this you know all or nothing and and you know restrictive component does. Like it Mm -hmm. makes us literally not be able to um, just be in the moment with whatever we're eating, whatever we're choosing. Versus Mm -hmm. eliminating these um, labels that we just talked about. There is no good and bad. Some foods nourish your soul more. Some have more nutrient base in them. Like they have all these, um, various, you know, components and values to them. Um, and by consistently listening to what others say, listening to to society and social media and, you know, perpetually doing these diets over and over, we're stifling our own feelings about what, what do I enjoy? What, you know, gives me energy? How do I feel? Does this actually make me feel good? Um, you know, like, it it literally does not allow us to even like be able to choose our own feelings, wants, desires on all, multiple you know fronts, but especially with food. Absolutely,
1: a hundred percent. And it's interesting because I'm also thinking about not just these traditional diets that say like you can do this, you can't do this, right? But I'm even thinking about things like tracking our food or mm-hmm. tracking our intake. Yep. This is something that I I have a very specific opinion on that I think that you, you've gotten to know me and my personal kind of approach to that. Because I think that maybe when you're initially trying to talk with someone about like, how do we just start being mindful of what we're eating and why we're eating and how we're eating, right? Something like a general food journal might be good to kind of start to say like, how does this make me feel, right? Do I feel like I'm fueling my body? Do I have the energy or do I have that, you know, I have my lunch, and I kind of get what's convenient, right? And then I actually feel exhausted, and I don't have the energy, and I feel again bloated. Is the symptom that keeps coming to my mind, yeah. right? And maybe it's not about kind of tracking every single thing that we're eating, but just bringing the awareness to how do I feel when I eat this? Is this working for me, right? Because and then I think there's a difference between that and being mindful and being intuitive about what we're eating and why we're eating it and how we feel after we eat it, versus something like all right, I have to, I need to, I should track every single calorie, every single ingredient in this thing, which in some ways I think is very shaming and very scary and very startling from someone, especially if they're going from, all right, right now I'm just kind of eating what I'm eating. And now I'm going to start to make these changes to go to a hundred percent tracking every single thing that you're eating. I'm just thinking about, you know, how might that actually be contributing in a lot of ways to all
0: or nothing thinking and failure? Truly. A hundred percent. And that's why, you know, not just because I'm a dietitian, but that's why it is so important to work with someone that is, you know, qualified because for some of my clients that come from extreme dieting and extreme, (laughs) um, even like, you know, fitness competitions or anywhere that they've had some sort of restriction tracking, is a good tool because you know you can see more than calories you can see mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um, oh you can still feel good when you incorporate carbohydrates back in like they can see more about and learn more about the the components of food versus just mm-hmm. calories or um, re- you know take something out totally mm-hmm. but like you just said like if you're not used to tracking everything and now you're becoming hyper aware and these apps are brutal you could be mm-hmm. you could be um over on calcium which is very hard to over quote unquote overdose on and you can yeah. be over on calcium and it'll like light up red and be like you are over on your calcium for the day and like mm-hmm. they're like okay I can't have any any like any more milk like should I throw up so I have less like what oh. you know what I mean like what should I do and so it's so important I think um to if you are struggling with this journey, like not just to hop on these various, you know, even free apps yes. um, because, you know, they'll, they'll say that they you know know how many calories you need. They'll say how many, you know, how much food that you need to eat or just do this. They don't know you. They don't right. know you as an individual. They don't know not only just medically and physically, but like, what have you gone through? What, you mm-hmm. know, what, what is your personality? What, you know, is going to support your mental health? Like, it's so, it's so hard. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just, I can't agree with you more. Like, and that makes sense
1: in terms of like, if someone is historically under eating, right. Or is not getting the appropriate amount of nutrients that they really truly need to fuel their body, right. They're maybe they're having consequences of disordered eating or, mm-hmm. or a true diagnosed eating disorder. Um, maybe there are these physical complications, then yes, maybe it kind of keeping a little bit more of a, not rigid because I want to be very, very careful here. Um, but I do think that there's something about kind of again being aware of like, am I getting enough protein? Right. Mm-hmm. That might be something that's really important to start paying attention to if that's not something that you historically are getting and you're starving all the time. Right. Yeah. However, I'm thinking about it from, cause I, I tend to see more people who are overeating mm-hmm. right, or who are coping with uncomfortable emotions mm-hmm. and looking for a quick fix, a, um, you know, an escape that, that sensation of feeling overly full to help them actually calm down, right? Mm-hmm. What's happening in their brain, right? And in their body is if I'm overeating, right? Oh my goodness, that feels good, right? I don't have to like regulate my emotions. I don't have to use a coping skill. I'm just overly full. I'm tired. I don't have to think about the problem that kind of I was holding before, mm-hmm. right? And so going from that, if that is your pattern, right? Of like, I'm just not even aware of what I'm eating. Maybe I'm, you know, eating foods that are not making me feel good, right? That are making me tired, making me feel like slow and just like wanting to like isolate. The the word I use um, with depression is often um, hibernation. Like Mm -hmm. I always imagine um, for a lot of people in like their darkest moments, it's like this idea of like, I'm isolating, I'm kind of like hibernating in the couch, um, cuddled up under like layers of clothing because I'm feeling insecure about my body and I'm sitting eating like bonbons on the couch mm-hmm. uh, mindlessly eating not because I'm hungry but because mm-hmm. like it's giving me a dopamine hit it's, yeah. it's changing my brain chemistry and it's making me feel more fatigued and it's actually unintentionally regulating my emotions and mm-hmm. making me not panic or not feel suicidal right um and that's the extreme version yeah but truly overeating can be a maladaptive coping skill and so that's the population that I tend to see and so when they go from this is actually adaptive in some capacity right to okay now I'm recognizing like this isn't necessarily healthy and I want to make this change the idea of going from like okay now I'm counting every single bonbon or oreo that I'm eating and oh my goodness, look at what I've been doing. Then it can easily go into, again, the other extreme of yeah. like, I'm hyper-focused, I'm obsessing, I'm beating myself up, I'm perfectionistic of like, I'm going over my fat, you know, all- allotment, yeah. right, um, for the day, and therefore I'm inherently bad or I'm, mm-hmm. f- right, and that is the negative self-talk, that is the type of thinking that is only going to kind of like keep people feeling stuck in unhealthy patterns, whether it's overeating
0: or undereating. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and that's, like I said, the the uh, why it's so important, whether it's therapy, whether it's, you know, a dietitian, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, where on that spectrum you need the, the most support, if, if not both. Um, mm-hmm. Why it's so important and, and why, you know, again, not just as a dietitian, but it's drove, driven me crazy, which is why I got into this field of mm-hmm. how many people give advice and coach um, mm-hmm. that don't have this background because I don't think that they realize how damaging it can be. And I'm sure, you know, you you face it as well as a therapist, you know, trying to, right. oh, well, my mom told me this or my friend told me this or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, uh, you mm-hmm. know, someone unqualified, you know, um, gave people recommendations, not understanding their full picture and their whole scope of what they're, they need. Right, right. And I think
1: part of it is approaching with compassion, not judgment, mm-hmm. right? That's because right. everyone's coming in with their own, again, internalized messages, whether that's from all of the ads that we're bombarded with, whether that's Instagram, social media, whether that is like intergenerational um, patterns, right. From, well, this is how I was taught to eat. This is what I was always raised to eat of like, when, I mean, how many times Jen, have you heard this idea of like, well, if it's on your plate, you have to eat the whole thing. Right. right? And that's something that like is super, super common. And people don't even know, like might be not working for them or might be unhelpful. Right. Because it kind of takes away the whole point of, are you listening to your hunger cues? Are you overeating? Are you undereating? Right? How is that actually working for you? If that's just something that you've learned, it might need to be un- unlearned in some ways, or there might need to be space to kind of help them, again, understand what they. They've been taught what they have believed and working with them based on wherever they're at. Again, whether they've been historically overeating, under eating, um, hyper-focused, obsessing, or completely unaware of what they've been consuming. But whenever someone comes in wanting to make a change regarding diet, I think the first thing is obviously assessment. Again, looking at what is the intention behind wanting to make these changes? And are these changes that you're wanting to make realistic? Are they reasonable? Are they sustainable? Right. And then if if we can get on the same page in terms of, yes, you're wanting to make some healthy choices for, quote unquote, the right reasons, rather than, you know, I need to fit into that size mm-hmm. because Victoria's Secret told me, right? Yeah. Or because my boyfriend is pressuring me um, to say, like, I'm too big. I'm not attractive anymore, right? That might be something that we want to really have a different approach with, which would be fine and appropriate. Um but really, looking at the reasons behind it, the intent behind it, and and truly taking a thorough assessment of why is it that you're wanting to make these changes regarding exercise, diet, lifestyle, I think is just such an important key
0: component to this. Huge, absolutely. Uh, the why and the intention. I think you've said it multiple times in various ways because yeah. it's so, it's so. Um, I just don't think it's talked about. Like what you just said, as far as being able to make changes to what you've been taught and things like that, like when were we ever taught that we were, or or given permission or given ourselves permission that the things that we were taught can be changed. Like we go to school, we were taught, you know, chemistry, we're taught, you know, whatever, geometry, like those things don't change really. And, you know, but we were never taught that it's okay for things to evolve and, you know, given permission to change our views, even if someone else told us a certain thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And, well, and it's so interesting, right? Because I think that there's certain messages where it's like, this is the information that I'm being taught, right? Because um, what we're talking about here is learning from like yeah. a perspective, right? Yeah. And there's some messages that we get of like, okay, I'm being taught in school from like a top-down approach of like, this is objectively true. In fact, and like, there's really no arguing against that, right? But in other areas, right, we are taught to be critical thinkers and to kind of, like, question, like, is this objectively true or is there another way of looking at this, right? I'm even thinking of, like, the scientific method, like, to go Mm -hmm. back to elementary school. What is the hypothesis and what is, like, the uh, alternative hypothesis, right? Mm -hmm. In that capacity, in that space, you're allowed to start questioning kind of certain ideas or beliefs. And it's encouraged to say, like, let's look to see if there's another way to look at this, right? But then there's other messages of, like, No, 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 this is objective truth. But it's also like, especially when it comes to like, what is the ideal beauty? Right? Like, there's no space. For a long, long time, right? I I don't think that this is necessarily true anymore. I do think that we've had a lot of people kind of say, whoa, 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 there is a problem with this thinness ideal, right? Um, Which is beautiful that people have started to kind of, again, question that all or nothing kind of thinking and Mm -hmm. kind of start living in the gray of like, well, maybe there's an alternative. Maybe the people who kind of like benefited from saying that this is objectively true, right? There is an alternative, healthier way to look at this in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, body neutrality or body acceptance, right? Size inclusivity, right? Um, And those are the people that are kind of helping us to unlearn and challenge these objective truths that we've been taught. And we're talking from, again, like, the 1910s. We're talking about the flapper dress. We're talking about people binding their dress. We're talking about corsets. It goes back even further than that. -hmm. These are messages that were passed down and assumed to be true for so long that, of course, it's hard to start changing that and challenging that and reframing that and saying, is this objectively true or is there a better way to kind of, like, treat myself and understand myself in the context of the culture that we're living
0: in? 100%. 100%. So, we have covered so much. So much. I am so, so grateful. (laughs) Is there anything else that you wanted to, you know, share with those listening or anything that come up that you want to... Say before we we finish for today. Yeah,
1: I would just say to anyone who is feeling the pressures of diet culture, um, who is you know going to be on social media, is expecting you know to hear a lot of people kind of making comments about their own resolutions in terms of the new year and making radical lifestyle changes, or if they're feeling their own pressure to make some changes. One of the things I would think about is what is that intention? What is what is your why? Right and is there a way to kind of do this in a responsible and reasonable way that isn't all or nothing, that isn't going to set you up for failure, for stress, for obsessing, for critical self-talk, for shame, right? Is there a way to kind of think about what is my reason why? And is there a way to kind of be gentle and self-compassionate and reasonable with myself, knowing that I'm not going to go from zero to 100
0: and going from there? Amazing. 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 Oh, Dr. Laura Maynard. Oh, we are just love having you please come back anytime. Thank you so much for your insight, your um, advice, and just all of your expertise. We are just so grateful for you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. All right, guys, we will see you next time. I love you. Comment below if you have questions and feel free to DM me at any point um, so I can support you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy, Healthy, Unfiltered Woman podcast. I am so grateful to have you in this community. Follow me on Instagram at jenbraun.rd for more information on creating your most confident life. I also have a link in my show notes to my free Facebook community. Inside there, there's free training, community support, all for free. You don't want to miss out on that. And if you're ready to ditch dieting for good, not feel ashamed of your body and create the life you desire, message me on Instagram and apply for my Allow program. Let's transform your life. See you next time.